0: Since this episode was recorded, Pixel and Tonic has released Craft Nitro as a beta. You can go grab it at github.com slash craftcms nitro, or you can check it out on their blog at craftcms.com blog. And also our friend Ryan Ireland has made a training video on how to set it up at craftquest.io. Enjoy the episode, everybody. Welcome to devmode.fm, a podcast dedicated to the tools, techniques, and technologies used in modern web development. I'm Andrew Welch from NY Studio 107.
1: I'm Patrick Harrington from
0: Mildly Geeky in Boston. I'm Jonathan Melville from MDD in Atlanta. And with us today, we have on Jason McAllister from Pixel and Tonic. How you doing, Jason?
2: Good. How you doing? Thanks for having me. Yep.
0: No worries. And we have on Brad something or other from Pixel and Tonic too. Brad, how you doing? I'm alive. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's good. So we we haven't we're having you folks on today because we wanted to talk to you about a little something that you've been working on called Nitro. You know, I don't really understand what this thing is. So, Jason, if you were out in Huna, Alaska, and you're about to plunge down the world world's longest zip line at the uh, icy straight point and the guy who was uh, strapping you into the harness said hey you know what is nitro anyway what would you tell him
2: first of all i'm afraid of heights oh good so well, it's only
0: 1300 wait. feet that you go down and the, and the length is uh, just over a mile so it's not it's not not too bad so
2: i would say probably tell my wife i love her <laughs> 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 I seriously um tell, tell him tell to focus on your
3: safety instead of asking these dumb questions yeah that's a good point <laughs> That's very good Look, your um,
0: life is in his hands. You better <laughs> satisfy him and satisfy him the way he wants. Okay? So tell him oh, what oh. this Nitro thing is.
2: So Nitro is a command line tool that makes local craft development super easy by orchestrating kind of the common tasks that you do with a normal server, but locally. So you said it makes development easy. Does that mean it builds my websites for me? Or what,
0: what does this thing do exactly?
2: That's the pro version. The, pro, hmm. the, pro the version. drag and drop builder. <laughs> yeah. That doesn't
0: exist, by the way. No. <laughs> No, but seriously, like what part of the, the whole equation does this thing do? Does it fit in? Like it's just for the local development environment part of this thing?
2: Yes. So what it does is it uses a tool called Multipath okay. uh, underneath. And that is a way that you can make a virtual machine on Windows, Mac, Linux. And it's an Ubuntu machine kind of out of the box. Mm-hmm. So instead of going through and installing PHP and Redis and MySQL or Postgres and setting permissions, doing all that, Nitro automates a lot of that stuff for you. So you don't have to worry about that. You just run a command in uh, Nitro init and it asks you some questions how much RAM, how much disk space, and which version of PHP in your database. And then rest is done by Nitro.
0: And is this a, you said it's a command line tool. So it's asking me all of this stuff in the command line or is there a GUI for it or how does that work?
2: Right now it's just a command line. So there's a interactive CLI prompt.
0: What's the matter, Patrick? Oh, no,
1: well, you know me.
0: I like to see things. Well, I'm sure <laughs> that they would accept a pull request from you if you built the GUI okay. on top of it, right?
1: Yeah, I'll just do a little Electron app. We'll set that up. Do, yeah, yeah, well,
0: you can do Electron. You can do QT. You can do whatever you want a nice little GUI <laughs> nice on it. All yeah. right, good. All right, so it's, it's a CLI tool, okay? But how is this different? Like, you you said that it will spin up an Ubuntu box. Like, something I've been using for a long time is Homestead. Which is layered on Vagrant. Like, how is it different than that?
2: So it's different because the only thing that we have that we need is multipass, and multipass, I think it's like a forty megabyte install from uh, from Canonical. That's the company that runs Ubuntu, and then it uses the hypervisor. So Vagrant, I'm not sure if it can use the hypervisor. It's been a while since I've looked into that, but you can set it to use VirtualBox. So you have VirtualBox, Vagrant that's installed, and then you have Homestead. So so instead of having all those things, we just have a binary that's our CLI tool and then multipass. And that's it.
0: Yeah. So, I mean, Vagrant, I, I looked into this because I was curious. You can use a hypervisor like a HyperKit, Hyper-V, you know, whatever these things. But I was looking through it and they had all of these caveats. Like they had enough caveats that I just closed the browser window. I'm like, yeah, okay.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Let's see, I've tried to use Fusion on my Mac and it's been a nightmare. The only thing that ever worked was VirtualBox, but that's a big download and it gets in deep into your networking
2: interfaces. It does a whole lot. Is Multipass, sounds like it's much lighter. It's very light and when we first kind of came up with this idea, I was just messing around with multipass and I was like, let me just log in, create a web server and see how it runs. And I was really surprised at how fast craft was running inside of that, just out of the yeah. box. And I didn't really do anything for performance, no OpCache. So I was like, okay, maybe there's something here. And then kind of looked at some of the multipass commands and I was like, Hey, this has everything that we would really want to do with a vagrant machine, but we can maybe make this a little simpler. Cause I mean, Vagrant's been around for a while. It's a great tool. I've used it for many years. But I think that there's kind of a um, a different trend in kind of setting these these configs up, and mm-hmm. you look at things like Kubernetes and has the the cube ctl cube control command, um, and so Nitro is kind of a little bit inspired by that, where we just say, hey, we have a remote thing, a quote unquote API, and we want to just manage installing PHP and
4: changing databases, and that's kind of where Nitro came from with multipass. and also from the perspective of working with the team. So I mean, Homestead isn't terrible to set up but it it can be sort of annoying it's not it's definitely not a quick process if you're trying to get a remote team member set up and working on like a vagrant environment is is this solution maybe a little bit quicker in terms of getting a development environment up and going so
2: and i'm gonna ask brad to maybe chime in too because we had a we had an initial version we've had a couple initial versions and we've kind of refocused a little bit to have more of a global machine but you still can have multiple machines Hmm. Um, and everything kind of lives in your dot nitro in your home directory kind of like docker and um, composer has like a dot composer file so we put all your machines in there in a little simple yaml and that's kind of what we use, so it doesn't really I mean, we could do it per project and maybe ship a Nitro YAML file, but I'm not sure if we're going to do that yet. Yeah, I, I think it
3: is. It does speed up. Part of the reason we write this, like most of everything else we have written, is to like scratch a lot of our own itches too. And then it turns out to be something good that we release. So like, as far as getting all of our team members on a common platform and like helping with support and trying to spin up environments, it does kind of speed things up like that because we're, you know, we're optimizing for it. So there's import commands where we can, and automatically import databases from the host machine into the mm. VM and you know just just stuff like that. I, at overall it's I feel like it is a more streamlined and lightweight experience than something like over Homestead or you know map or any, any of the other type stuff.
0: So this is optimized for craft but I'm assuming that I could if I wanted to spin it up and install WordPress or expression engine on it like it would work? <laughs> what year is it? <laughs> yeah, nice. or, or mojo, motor. mojo Motor. If I I'm needed sorry, to get my mean. mojo motor site up and running, like could it could it run? I would assume it, it's the same stack, so I assume it would run, right? Yeah, there's nothing stopping you from that other than taste. Good taste. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Fair fair enough. But okay, so there's Valet, there's Docker, there's DDEV, there's Flywheel, there's Local, there's MAMP, there's WAMP, there's ZAMP, there's Homestead, there's Laragon. Like, does the world need (laughs) another local dev environment? Is this going to save you on on support time, Brad? Yeah.
3: (laughs) Yeah, I mean the, the the problem is like most things in our industry like they all suck in their own unique ways, <laughs> sure. you know? Right. So, we're trying to find something that would suck the least amount for craft development.
0: I see. Okay. And and so that means that we need a new thing? Like I see all these things out there and I'm I'm just wondering like it's the same thing with like JavaScript frameworks. Like how many do we need? And is this But you think this is really going to make it so that a craft developer can sit down and get up at Up to speed and running quicker. i
3: Yeah, I think so because like we get we get people like writing in all the time, and I'm I'm sure you do. That's why you put out these blog posts about, (laughs) you know, homestead development and Docker development. Like people are looking for yeah five minute read yeah 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 five minute read. People are looking for ways to streamline their development environments. Right. Like homestead is great. Like it's it's heavy. It has its quirks. Like I you know, randomly ran and in, run into like port collision problems and all this other stuff. And mm. well, one of the, one of the appealing things about multipass is that you get your own IP address. None of it runs on localhost, So you don't have to worry about port collisions and forwarding and all that stuff. Like right. it just, it makes things simpler and hopefully that translates into a simpler development environment, especially for people that are, that aren't as comfortable with this type of stuff like that we are. Maybe they're, you know, they're new to craft and like now we have a, a, something to point them to, to get them up and running quickly that isn't Map or a thirty-minute homestead read on
0: on mm-hmm. your on your blog. Okay, so let me take a step back. So when I first heard that this was something you folks were doing, I was like, oh, Jason must have you know gotten his Raspberry Pi stack like he spun his <laughs> Kubernetes cluster up on it, and he got this thing running on it, and he thought it was cool, and it ended up you know just being a little experiment he was playing with. But it sounds like it might also be a support-based thing, right? Where you folks are just like, whoa, we get a lot of support issues that have to do with just people getting this working in their local dev environment is that is it kind of support driven as well
3: I mean that's that's part of it sure yeah um, mm-hmm. but I mean the, the goal here is to raise kind of raise the entire craft development ecosystem mm. up like the, the more we can do to help make that a better experience and I think that's one of the things that Laravel does pretty very well Mm -hmm. you know they you know there's the framework but then they have all the development environment stuff around it and they have all the supporting packages and like it's a great ecosystem and and that's what we're trying to to do with the the craft ecosystem as well
1: nice when you were looking at options and I'm you know there's like a Christopher Walken quote here so you're catching me at a very interesting time (laughs) um I I can't remember which movie anyway I'm at the point where like Valley is starting to stress things a little bit on my end this is very interesting but I've, also been looking at going Docker. It seems like so many things are going Docker these days. Was that an option you looked at? What made you go for a multipass? Where are their advantages, disadvantages? I would love to know more about that.
3: I mean, yeah, Docker is is great, but you're not you're not gonna get like it, it's too complicated for the average uh, mm-hmm. to, to to like a new person. Like it's too overwhelming. Yep. And th- things like DDev and Lando, like they try and abstract the long commands and the complexity away, but ultimately you're still struggling to get X debug. Working in Docker, you're, Docker, you're still struggling to get symlinks working in Docker. A lot of developers, you know, especially plugin developers, have symlinked repos and all that, and it's just too too much. I think. Mm. So, which which was a great appeal of multipass, just simplifying everything.
1: Mm-hmm. Are there any big drawbacks to going multipass? Is there anything I lose out on? Let's say I've got one of Andrew's finagled hot module reloading X debug. <laughs> catching all good stuff that literally I've come to depend on now I'm teasing you Andrew but I've come to depend on for development are there any drawbacks to that or is it still enable that sort
2: of both easy to get into as well as very heavy local development requirements i think it's i I think it makes those kind of tasks like we have a ticket right now to to make the hmr process a lot easier Mm -hmm. one of the one of the things that we have now is just nitro x debug on and Mm -hmm. that will configure your nitro machine for remote debugging we have like a doc too and, and, and i mean i've been doing php for years and brad and i sat down and pair programmed on on getting that working one day and we're like this is that really it? Is it working? Is it like, <laughs> no way, like let's try the console and make sure it worked. Oh yeah, it did. So, so we wrote that up in a doc and you know, we're going to clean that up some more, but it's, it's super easy. And that's, that's a the kind of approach we want to take for HMR because we know like view CLI is important. And as these applications start, becoming more javascript or hopefully less do you see kind of this approach where people have npm problems there's yarn and then there's the other one that andrew mentioned the other day i can't remember what it was called but there's all these different tools and sometimes if you get like the wrong version of node on a mac it's like valet if you get the wrong version of php or something breaks Mm -hmm. and you want to fix that man good luck
4: yeah. oh my god so the ultimate nightmare
2: yeah so what we want to do is just make very very simple commands to make those things very simple like we have an add command that walks you through interactively like hey what folder you want to add do you want to add this one okay well we'll automatically go and detect like hey what's the web root is there a web a public um you know whatever ones there are and then okay we'll automatically fill that for you so okay well just click a cut like in three buttons you can add a site and that'll actually go through and edit your host file so you have craft three dot test is already ready to go
4: and you just click a button and you're done. Can you talk about some of the tools that are sort of included in there? I think I heard you mention Redis, but like what if I wanted to test webhooks? Is like Ngrok included in there? Like what what other kind of little packages are, are part of like the the standard setup for this? So for the standard setup, there's one thing that's interesting I'm going to point out real fast
2: is we do use Docker inside the VM. Hmm. Nginx and PHP are installed on the VM, but the databases are inside of a Docker container, which means that you can run, you know, a lot of companies want to run multiple multiple versions of MySQL, but doing that on actual machine's kind of a pain. You have port collisions, stuff like that. So what we did is we containerize those. And when you define a database inside of Nitro, it's actually running in a container and all the commands are kind of abstracted out and we do port, you know, we make sure the ports are good. So you can have MySQL 5.7 and 8.0 running in the same Nitro machine. So another thing that we do that makes it a little bit easier is we install like Redis, you know, you know we could put that in a container, but why? You just need Redis most people need redis so that's kind of like our our approach is it's it's a it's like having a digital ocean droplet that has pre-installed software for you it's got redis it's got the php versions it's got docker inside of it i think there's some other stuff that's usually mostly for scripts like jq other command line tools
0: so this is probably most analogous to homestead in a way Right, because Homestead is built on top of Vagrant. So it's like a, a specific box for Vagrant, but then also comes with some additional tooling along with it. And it sounds like that's kind of what Nitro is, in that it's a it's kind of a specific provision for multipass along with some tooling that you brought along with you? Is that right?
2: Yeah, it uses something that a lot of cloud providers actually use already. It's called cloud init, which mm-hmm. is a cloud. It's cloud config, cloud init. I don't know why they have such a controversial naming. They, it's, the file is a cloud, <laughs> whatever, but it doesn't matter. So what we have is we have this little, it's a YAML file. And we say, hey, when you boot this machine on the first instance, I need you to install these packages, put these scripts there, run these commands, right? So, what you get when you run Nitro is all bundled inside is kind of like a, a pre built stack. So, you're right, it's kind of like Homestead, but it's a little more portable, if hmm. that makes sense.
0: Right. And more lightweight, right? Yes. Yeah, by virtue of the fact that it's sitting on top of MultiPass, which is using a hypervisor to to do its thing. Yeah. Yeah, and, and
3: the, I think the other key difference too is we're we're developing this kind of like with the Craft slash Pixel and Tonic philosophy in mind, where we want to have a great developer experience for it, but we want it to be kind of like infinitely flexible, like Craft is too. Mm-hmm. Um, so always like a fine fine line to balance ease of use and advanced complexity, which I mm-hmm. think like craft has typically done a, a pretty good job at. And so we're t- trying to apply that same philosophy to Nitro as well.
0: Now, is this something that I can point my designer dev friends at and say, here, use this and they'll be reasonably comfortable in getting it set up?
3: Yeah, I mean, that's that's
0: the plan, right? Well, I don't yeah. know. You tell me. <laughs> <laughs> oh sorry that's the plan period okay that's the plan period <laughs> so the well okay so the reason i'm asking that is kind of like patrick was all sad about no gui i mean there's some uh-huh. some designer devs who are like well if it means i have to use a terminal then i'm not feeling too comfortable anymore
3: yeah i mean there's uh, we're definitely not not against adding like a light gui on top of this at some point it's definitely mm-hmm. not for, for a 1.0 type of thing no
4: Patrick, could you give us a time frame on that pull request? Yeah, I'll get right Right. right on it. Uh,
1: (laughs) One thing I'm curious about, where Multipass is all Ubuntu, I often am running Ubuntu up on AWS or DigitalOcean. Does this give you any assurances or any good pathways to then moving a a local development environment up there and being able to, like, could I almost use the the same sort of scaffolding that, that Nitro was using to then set something up there is that how cloud init works
2: yeah so yeah cloud init like amazon uses cloud init digital Ocean. if you ever spin up a droplet that says add your config or your cloud mm-hmm, config yep, yep. Um, that is hmm. a that is a cloud init uh, file and that's again another project by ubuntu or canonical so yeah, you could take that same stack and and maybe there's some plans in the future to make that maybe a little more exportable. Mm-hmm. But for now, yeah, you could definitely use that same kind. And here's a good point: twenty point oh four came out of a bunch of yesterday, and I just took the um, pull request I'm working on and I just hard coded it to see if it would work. Yeah. And it's same stack, no changes to the code infrastructure. It's just ready to go. That's awesome. Yeah. No, I mean, that to me,
1: I mean, anything that can make going from local up to, into staging or production, whatever, a little bit easier, I think both for experienced devs and new devs, you know, to have a pathway to getting something on DigitalOcean, knowing that you're not going to need extra PHP extensions or whatever. Maybe you just turn off debug in, in the init. That could be really appealing.
0: Yeah, because I I run into this doing support for my plugins. And I'm sure that it's something that you folks at Pixel and Tonic run into. Because I mean, I see it in the discord and on Stack Exchange all the time that a huge percentage of the problems that people have with craft are not actually craft problems. They're actually they're either local dev config problems or they're production config problems. Is that does that resonate? Is that something that you see that a lot of the support is not actually I have a problem with craft. It's more I have a problem with my either local or production environment?
3: Yeah. I would I mean, I would guess 60 to 70% of the mm-hmm. tickets we see are just environmental specific problems. Yeah. Which is which is an an astronomical amount like they have nothing to do with the CMS itself.
0: Right. Yeah, I, I would totally believe that based on what I see in people asking questions in Discord, like a huge number of them are environmental. And then also just in the kind of questions that I get, you know, I, I spend a decent amount of my time basically helping people fix their setup, right? Which is, <laughs> Yeah. You know,
3: it's 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 such a large percentage that anything you can do to to even knock a small part of that down, like takes out a significant number of tickets.
0: And so from your perspective, that's helpful in terms of reducing the support burden, hopefully. But also you can think about it from a kind of Aesop's Fables point of view, where it's kind of like pulling the thorn out of the paw of the lion. You know what I mean? You would be reducing the pain point of a whole lot of people if you end up with a solution that makes it easier for them to, to get up and running because they don't care about their local dev environment. They just want to work on their project.
3: Yeah, totally. I mean, that's you know one of the reasons that like, we started going down this path was to,
0: n- number one, to, to help us have a way to
3: reduce support load and spin up environments quickly, but to help developers and people new to craft to have a, a, a common ground and a consistent way, consistent easy way to um, to, to develop craft sites and to kind of Reduce variables and and hopefully make things better.
0: Yeah, because in an ideal world, the average front end developer wouldn't have any idea what their local dev is, right? It would just be something that just works, you know. And I, right. it, we may never get exactly there, but it shouldn't be sixty percent. I mean, that's just yeah, that's just insane. Yeah, yeah, pretty nuts. Definitely you not something the, you think yeah.
3: about when you uh, when you start off uh, <laughs> like writing a CMS, you know. <laughs>
1: <laughs> do you ever see this? I'm thinking about what the install and what the first install experience is for a new developer to craft. Do you see this as being something that becomes part of the craft install? Either maybe not explicitly like here it is as part of what is a dot craft setup, but something that says, you know, do you need a way to get started on a server, run these three commands, maybe install multipass first and, and building it in to really streamline that as well?
3: Yeah. I mean, we've discussed um, like having kind of start our projects with nitro mm-hmm. definitely not on the 1.0 list but that's sure. yeah, something we've talked about kind of like because like once you kind of once you kind of control the, the development platform like you all of these options all of a sudden open up and you control the development platform and the cms then you can
1: start to do all sorts of neat things with it and this reminds how you're going to build this is how you're going to build an operating system brad yeah this is how, <laughs> this is how mm-hmm. starts. No. <laughs> I mean,
0: this is the gateway drug brad pretty soon yeah. you're going to have you're going to have tonic os <laughs> The <laughs> <laughs> way you too Well, this reminds me, though, of the conversation that we had with Matt Gray a while ago about his served product. And so that's something that makes it super, super easy for you to spin up a craft instance in production. And one of the things I mentioned to him on the podcast is I'm like, man, you already have like the Docker container stuff nailed. It would be amazing if you had a local dev environment that kind of had a nice GUI associated with it that went along with your Docker container setup that is used in production that people can just click a button to get it up and running, like how amazing would that be if it was an end-to-end kind of solution? Is, is that something that you folks have thought about in terms of like, will we ever see Nitro in production somewhere at some point?
3: Mm-hmm. I'm not sure about project, production. Uh, Jason may have separate thoughts on this, but I mean, we definitely have thought about like because it it is all based on cloud init, like have mm-hmm. thought about how to how to make it portable between mm-hmm. environments. I, I guess we'll just we'll just have to put some more thought into how what what that means long term, like and if that means okay. Okay, eventually this could end up in production and the, the consequences of that.
0: And an acceptable answer also would have been, Andrew, just let us ship it first, okay? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah.
3: Let's let's get 1.0 out. <laughs>
2: What do you think, Jason? Do you have any thoughts on that? I, I see some some complexities there, hmm. um, but I also see a, a good path forward too, because I think that, let's go back to Docker for a second. I'm gonna talk about Laradoc. I mean, the first, I've used Docker for a long time. Hmm. I've used PHP for a long time and PHP and Docker kind of make it a little funny because, you know, the single process rule inside of Docker. But the the thing that I found really interesting about these other products, and I haven't used Lando or DDev. I haven't used any of those, but I did use Laradoc when it first came out. And I remember setting that up and there were so many configuration options. I was like, I don't even know what I'm doing right now. I don't know what file to touch. So I think that, you know, having starting on a local dev stack is is a good start to kind of see those pain points and common use cases. And and maybe there is something that we can do to make it to go into production, but I think that's something we definitely have to evaluate down the line. Yeah,
0: and for anyone who's listening who isn't aware of what these things are, so DDEV, LaraDoc, Lando, these are all kind of tools that are layered on top of Docker, right? For primarily for local dev, right, Jason? Yes. And I think Flywheel is the same. Is that Docker-based as well? That comes out of WordPress, I think, right?
2: I'm not sure if that's Docker-based, but I've, I've heard of that and I haven't used that either.
0: Yeah, so I was actually surprised. So I know the first time that we had you on, we had you on talking to us about Docker. And this was before I had gone down any kind of a, any kind of a, a Docker deep dive. And I was surprised that the solution that you came up with is not Docker based. So to talk about that for a minute. Like what is the <laughs> the reasoning there? Is it just easier to do this way or, or what benefits are there by, is it a simpler for the end user to have this not be Docker based or, or what's going on?
2: So I'm going to give you what I think is, is Ubuntu's roadmap coming up. All right. So the ecosystem for development to production is, you know, kind of exploding. We've got things like Kubernetes, we've got Docker Swarm, which I think is definitely going out. And then we also have like Docker Desktop, and then we have tools, like everything's kind of going towards Kubernetes, Mm. but there's still a problem if you're on macOS or Windows. Actually, Windows has, I'll talk about that in a second, macOS, when you're running Docker, Docker Desktop installs a virtual machine and then kind of builds Docker inside of that, right? because Mac doesn't have native... Mm-hmm. container support so the thing we usually get is we got volume mounts and those are usually really really slow right that's the, the big feedback i hear on docker for craft development is it's super slow to mount and, and all those files and you can do some hacks and mm-hmm. nobody wants to hack on anything. They just want things to work, right? So one of the interesting things about going to Docker was, okay, we still have the same problem. where you still have this virtual machine you're putting stuff into and you got to tweak all these settings and and you still have this problem. Like if you have a, if you have your vendor folder in a volume, then it's still a, still a pain, right? You have to rebuild and rebuild and use that local Docker file. So when I started looking around at what Canonical was doing, I was like, Oh, they have multi pass they have cloud init they have micro ks which is a super easy way to do kubernetes on your machine which also uses multi pass and then i think it was yesterday brett fisher did a I don't know, what do you call those things on twitch or whatever on twitter i'm so showing my age right now live stream um, thank you <laughs> but what was interesting is that he started talking about docker and and multi pass and he was going over this and it's really a really good kind of overview of multi pass itself but he had had a an instance where he was like, well, I think there might be something here where Docker is, you know, contributing a lot of stuff upstream to Hyperkit and Moby. So I actually think that kind of the Ubuntu roadmap is going to be to really get development of vms which really you know people say containers aren't vms they're not but that is a a struggle for local dev is is docker is a painful setup process and it depends on how you build it it's not very opinionated and i think that when we were evaluating the tools i kind of went on a rant but docker's still kind of a pain point for php development and nitro is is using a vm that makes it a little simpler
0: Mm. yeah it, it always surprised me that the the bits that are needed for Docker to run natively on Linux, that there hasn't been a push to port those to Darwin Mm. or or Mac OS. Like, I don't understand. Like, why is it just that it's not a priority because they care more, I say say they, like the people in charge of of working on Docker, care more about it in production and the Kubernetes angle than they do about the local dev angle, or or what's the deal?
2: Uh, I think they think think it's important and I think they'd like to. I think the hangup is really Apple. Yeah. Um, you know, Apple has yeah. its own priorities and its own security. And, you know, they look like they're going to go to ARM next year. So mm-hmm. that's going to be a big change. And what's that going to break? And, you know, they're still beholden to Intel. So they're trying to figure out their chips on on some of the, the iPads and iPhones are better than some desktops. Right. right. So I feel like Apple's even been moving away from, it
1: used to come with, you know, Ruby and Python and PHP. And I feel like they've even been pulling back on a little bit of that. So adding on more to let You know, just to let Docker run close to the metal may not be something they're moving in the direction of.
0: I mean, I guess, but for the most part, outside of video professionals and graphic designers, the other reason why they sell MacBooks is to developers, (laughs) you know?
2: I mean, (laughs) that's it. that's a good point because I, I chose a MacBook because I needed to run to SSH into a server. Right. And I was like, well, okay, well, how do I do that in PowerShell? Oh, you buy this $1,000 extension. Right. <laughs> no, I'm good. I'll just. And then I, I bought my first MacBook and I dual booted Windows. I'm like, oh man, this is so fast mm. on a MacBook. That's mm. so bizarre. Um, so yeah, I, I just think the, the the priorities are different, but also look at look at what Windows is doing the past few years. Right. It is a completely different company. And the fact that I mentioned earlier, but Docker on Windows is using the native, the WSL environment. So it really is just running you would on Linux. So it's a Mac's behind. I mean, right? I never, no, no I never
0: thought it. that I would say this, but it seems like Microsoft gets it
2: way more than
0: Apple does for a lot of things. I mean, they bought GitHub. Right. Yeah. And they came out with VS Code. And then they also now bought NPM. I mean, they are positioning themselves right in our wheelhouse.
3: I think I this is, is when they got their new CEO, they kind of like the whole company kind of rebooted. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, which and they, they've been on fire. Like, right. I've been super impressed.
0: Yeah. I mean, whereas Apple, honestly, like, the, one of the reasons why they even still sell MacBooks is because you need a Mac environment to develop applications for the iPad and the, and iOS. Like, I mean, it just doesn't run anywhere else. And a decent number of people that end up buying their laptops are developers that are <laughs> developing stuff for iOS or, or sorry. Yeah. Just for iOS or obviously Mac OS, but that's a decent amount of it. So I, that's why I'm surprised that they aren't focusing at least some effort on it. You know? I mean, I don't know. I don't know.
4: There's been, there's been chatter too about the quality of on mac os over the last couple of years it definitely seems to be slipping
0: i'm still happy with it i'm just saying that you know it surprises me that there isn't kind of a focus on because docker is this kind of thing where it just seems like it's such a really good concept that i'm surprised that they are not embracing it you know the the way that windows is apparently starting to fold it in and and embrace it
2: that's a good point because i think what you're talking about is for local development i think docker is the best approach for production right Mm -hmm. because i mean look at auto scaling in things like ECS and Fargate where yeah. you know you only pay for what you're using and you don't have to worry about the the underlying servers and EC2 instances because Fargate will just scale. You say, I want four, okay, we'll do it. So I still think when you go for local development, uh, VMs still kind of make a lot of sense, but for production, that kind of container thing is is new and it's the, the better way to do it. But I think too, that a lot of people that are used to kind of doing PHP sites might not have that Docker experience, but right. with Nitro, you're kind of getting a little bit of the taste to the water with the database containers,
0: right, right, and and again, like I said, I mean, the people that are using Craft and are building sites, like they don't want to ever have to set up their local dev environment. And this like the least enjoyable thing that they want to do because it's a it's a roadblock in the way of them getting their work done. So uh-huh. anything that you folks can do to get rid of that, to change that roadblock into a speed bump or whatever analogy you want to use, I mean, I think that's a fantastic thing. But Jason, we need to address. It's very important we get this out in the open and be transparent about it. We need Need to address the davenport matter
2: oh okay can you elaborate what do you mean is it true or false
0: that jalen davenport handed you a bunch of money because he was sick <laughs> of doing valet support and he said please build a local dev environment i can't take all of these larval valet support questions anymore is it true or false
2: <laughs> there's an nda
0: there's an nd all right well you didn't say no you didn't deny it okay you didn't deny it but it is i mean that gets back to it is true though like jalen has done a ton of valet support and the thing about valet is and it's similar to mamp and wamp and some of these other things is that it runs on your host operating system right so like you said when you screw up or you got the wrong version of php installed like when things go wrong like everything is just ground to halt and dead in the water. And that's why I've always liked a virtual machine where I put all of my tools are in it, you know? And I do, if anything goes wrong, that's fine. I just nuke it and it goes away. And that's something that we can also be doing with Nitro, right?
2: Yeah. So that's the that's the thing is, is, if you look at how Valet was created, right? And you remember that video when it came out with Adam Wath and talking about Valet and Homestead specifically, mm-hmm. yep. or Vagrant, whatever. He, I don't remember what he said in the video, but he was scratching his itch because it sucked to set up Homestead. Right. So what we were looking at is, okay, you have a VM, you need NPM, you need that. We don't we give you root access all you have to do is nitro ssh and you're into your machine you can do Mm -hmm. whatever you want and if when you're done working you just do nitro stop and it shuts down the machine and you're ready to continue with your day you save your battery life right because everything uses memory so it's going to take a little bit of a strain but valet was a, a call to action for making local development easier so they solved an itch they had from one of their own products it
0: it is but it all of those solutions that layer on your local computer i get it like they're faster and i think that that is important and i know that that was really important to Adam like one of the things that he cared a whole lot about was response times like he wanted something that just boom like responded immediately and didn't slow him down when he's working on it but I think there there are different kinds of speed right so there's a overall speed that you have to keep in mind the amount of time that you have spent like tearing your hair out trying to get the stupid local dev set up to work because you've got a different version of PHP installed and it needs this DLL and this doesn't you know what I mean like you have to factor all of that in in terms of the overall quote-unquote speed of of using the thing i think
3: yeah i mean all, all of these all of these development environments they're, they're all trying to solve a similar problem but they're all deciding on where they draw the line as far as what their acceptable trade-offs are and they've they've all picked different places like right. the valet is okay i want fast response times and i'm okay with installing things on my host machine and if something breaks then that's going to slow me down that's you know they're all they're all opinionated in these areas so like nitro is our take on where we have decided to draw the line for trade offs and you know based on our experiences of, of support and users craft users craft developers getting them up to speed as fast as possible so yeah it's just like our our take on it like like i said earlier all i'm old and jaded like all software sucks in its own <laughs> unique ways. Um, but we're we're trying to make this one suck the least you know that's that's why, that's, that's why i'm on the marketing team
0: well, you're trying to make it suck your way, right? Yeah, yeah.
3: yeah.
4: No, no,
0: I, I get Ex- acceptable it.
4: Acceptable levels of
0: suck. And the, the way so it-
4: is that the, is that the official slogan for it is <laughs> this: this one sucks the least. <laughs> I'm gonna have to run that by
3: Leah first. But...
0: <laughs> Nitro is the worst local development, except for all the others. <laughs> well, you also have to run that by the BB Edit guys because their slogan is "it doesn't <laughs> suck." So you can't just you can't just rip yeah. that off and appropriate it, Brad. It's not, well,
3: no, I'm I'm not saying it doesn't suck. I'm saying it sucks the least. Sucks the least. Okay.
0: All right. I guess it is yeah. your own kind of unique spin on it, you know? <laughs> but I, I think of these local dev environments kind of like a thing about getting the kids ready to go outside and play. So from, let's say it's a, a muddy, rainy day and the valet kind of setup is, well, I don't care what they're wearing. Just let them run outside in their sneakers. You know what I mean? Because we don't want any kind of anything slowing them down. Just get them out there. And if you have them using a VM, it's like you're actually having them put on like a raincoat and boots so that the, when they go out there, if if they do fall in a puddle or get all muddy or whatever, no big deal. Just take the boots off. You know, whereas if you didn't have that kind of extra layer in there, it's just going to, you got to hose them down and it's going to be a whole nightmare to kind of do anything with them. What's it? Now ex- Expand that analogy to Docker. How does that work? <laughs> does the, so it doc- is a, It's own Ziploc bag. No, no, no. Have you ever seen those, those bubbles where you can put oh. them, you can put them in this like padded bubble and like throw them down the hill. That's kind of Docker. Okay. 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 Where it takes a little bit of setup, but you gotta you gotta you gotta get them in the little container and all that kind of stuff. But then you can just throw them down the hill and like nothing's gonna happen, you know. <laughs> Although that does remind me of a gerbil that I had when I was a when I was a kid, and I, I put it in a ball. I brought it outside so it could it could run around, and it was at the top of this like this big hill, and. <laughs> it started to go down the hill on the road and it went flying down there and the last thing i saw was it took this huge leap as it went like over into traffic down in the city area and uh yeah that was the last that i ever it, saw if anyone <laughs> from Eda is
4: listening to this podcast he's just kidding
0: <laughs> well i was i was young and reckless i was young and reckless but anyway <laughs> Forgetting about that. Forgetting about all of that kind of stuff. Let's bring it back. So when is this thing going to ship? When are we going to get our dirty mitts and be able to do something with Nitro?
3: It's not officially released. It's up on the Mess repo now under Nitro. Mm-hmm. Let's call it a soft release. But we're hoping to to have it out, an official 1.0, in the next week or two, right, ready to go. You can use it now, just we'd like feedback on it. And, and there's already people that have found it and have created issues. But yeah, hope, hoping in the next week or two.
0: Well, Okay, Brad, it's... (laughs) A soft release. Well, it's software. So it has to be a soft release of some kind, but just to just to give people a date. So you're saying early May-ish this thing should be out and officially ready for them to use and for you guys to support, is that right?
3: Right, yeah. And we'll have blog posts and tweet and all that good stuff when, when 1.0's out. So make, make some fanfare for it.
0: And documentation and training videos and all that kind of fun stuff? Yeah. <laughs> Matt that is on it.
3: Yeah, 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 Matt's on it. Is that why Matt's uh, not
0: on the podcast? You have him like toiling away in in a dark dungeon somewhere is that what's going on he's been dming me questions
3: and i'm like dude i'm trying to talk about nitro right now (laughs) No, you, and Matt wrote that awesome craft tutorial that we released mm. uh, a week or two ago. Yep. And that's going to be updated with Nitro so people can get their on onboard experience with craft and Nitro at the same time, which I think is great.
1: Very cool.
0: Now, Jonathan actually yeah. asked you something, and I'm curious about this. Like, I understand like part of the goal here is to potentially reduce support burden if you have something that makes it easier to get this thing up and running. Are you worried that it's going to be an additional support burden though, just supporting people that are using this thing? Or do you already have to do that for people who are using every crazy dev environment under the sun.
3: Yes to that last part. We're already supporting mamp and wamp and zamp and and homestead and valet and docker and every
0: single type of
3: environment you can think of so Mm -hmm. yes there will be support with nitro but it's going to be the theory is it's going to be cutting into all that other support and what Um,
0: about if someone is using this with something else i mean let's say rick ellis is spinning up expression engine in it and he writes in for you to support is that something that you're still going to (laughs) support it or (laughs) Please tell us if that does happen.
3: Yeah, well, no,
0: that would that would just it would
3: be amazing, honestly. <laughs> uh, but, no, but yeah, obviously, like it's a, it's a standalone product. We're not going to limit our support to it just for crap.
0: But, but it's free, right? Uh,
2: yeah, yeah, it'll be free.
0: And but earlier on, you mentioned, or maybe it was Jason mentioned, like a pro version that built websites for you. Is that coming, or what's that about?
2: You miss my sarcasm cue like completely.
0: Oh, okay. Uh-huh.
2: Oh. <laughs> yeah there's no there's no pro version of nitro no (laughs) i think it's i mean having open source and to brad's point is trying to reduce some support burden think of like if people are having issues with nitro then we just make that change to our product and we just make it better Mm -hmm. right like you can run it's definitely for craft but you can run a laravel app inside of this and it'll still set up some defaults i mean the php maybe you might have to install another extension if you want to do something that's very specific i can't think of anything right now I think we have most all, all the extensions that you would need for both. But if you wanted to install something else, you know, I think it's for that too.
0: Is it just another line in the YAML or is it a command? Like how do I add a PHP
2: extension? So we have a ticket where we're going to talk about, again, the, this is the pixel and tonic craft away, right? It's to make these very complex things, very simple. So we have a, a ticket, an issue that we want to work on where we have a PHP command and some of those flags, if you want to change the memory, you just pass it as a flag. Mm. So we'll just go into the machine, and just do that for you. Nice. So the the goal here is to have the, you know, we have some other stuff to Nitro add. Nitro Remove. The one one I'm working on right now is Nitro Rename if you want to rename a site, a host name, for whatever reason. And it's crazy because it just goes through and it just updates your host file to point those domains to the new IP. And we're looking at Ngrok that we want to kind of do some kind of share functionality. But Ngrok recently kind of went through a 2.0 where they closed source their products. So maybe there's an alternative and there's another ticket too we're working on for certs. Like we want to make local certs easy and just put them inside your VM and right. configure your environment. Right. So yeah, I mean, there's definitely things that we want to make simpler, but everyone can kind of benefit from that. It's not just craft. So what do you think, Patrick? You're going to give it a shot?
1: I'll give it a shot. I mean, yeah, I mean, I still am looking at Docker as well, but man, this seems a lot easier uh, although your uh, your five-minute read on docker and you helping to, to teach me docker it, is also pretty darn tempting yeah it, i mean i think it's a win though either way just this looks easy enough just looking at the readme i hope there's more than just the github readme in terms of getting people in i think laravel valet does a nice job with easy to approach documentation to get people up and running but this looks easy enough for someone who you know who can copy and paste a couple command line stuff in and it also looks like it'll do enough with the x debug and hot module and all that that more pro or custom craft cms developers can also get a lot out of this 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 is cool the plan is
3: is to have the nitro docs eventually on docs.craftcms.com as well great <laughs>
0: to get someone to adopt something i think good documentation is one of the most important things that you can have and i think that that is something that vue.js for instance did an amazing job uh-huh. with. and i think that really really helped with people ending up adopting it but jonathan how about yourself like you were interested in, in checking out nitro or what's the deal
4: yeah i mean i feel like my sentiment is maybe similar to patrick i'm i love playing with new tools and uh, new tooling and so i'm absolutely gonna jump at it and play with it i will say though that going with a. Uh, Going with Andrew Welch's setups is sort of like, it's like picking a continuous integration tool. Once you decide to go with it, it's your, you're kind of married to it. It's very difficult to divorce yourself uh, away from it. But, uh, yeah, I'm excited to give it a try and see what it's all about. I mean, you could say the same thing about certain diseases. I mean,
0: it's not, just because, That's true. Yeah, that it doesn't mean it's the, the right thing, you know. And the same setup is not right for every developer either. You know what I mean? Like it really, I really do think it depends on what you're doing. And as Sean Larkin famously said, and I keep bringing up on the podcast because I really like it, it all starts with zero config, right? I mean, in the the ideal world is that whatever it is you're using, you start it with zero config and you just run and you do it. But eventually at some point you need to get under the hood and you need to tweak it. And that's something that Pixel and Tonic historically has been good about is giving you this prefab setup going here, go do your thing, but then giving you ways to change and tweak it if you should you need to do that or outgrow what you, what it is that you have there and it sounds like jason that's the direction you're taking with this thing
2: yeah i think that a lot of the things that you would do can be done with nitro as are the same things you're gonna do in a vps right? right if i have a digital ocean droplet i need to install these things then the skills that you're learn with doing nitro and i'm not saying like the, the goal is to have no devops mm. right but it you can still get in there and do something if you want to customize your nginx configuration but those are tools that are valuable not just to local development but also going into production if you're doing a the vps then this is a great way to kind of get your hands dirty if you want to like try something in php or a configuration and see if it breaks it then do it in nitro and just destroy, destroy the machine when you're done yeah but if you're gonna use docker i still think this there's valuable skills from using docker locally and then imagine imagine supporting a docker production thing when you're like well how do i ssh into the right container (laughs) well you can't right so right yeah yeah i'll
0: I'll
3: add that one of the things i think we're good back is we're good at is listening to feedback and iterating and and like i don't don't know if anyone was uh, i think patrick was around maybe jonathan for like the craft 1.0 launch back in the day or or even the the point that was the blocks
1: beta yeah 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 yeah
3: yes. yeah so we launched one of those it might have been the point nine public beta or whatever mm-hmm. and like we didn't even like you couldn't even delete a, a section or an entry or like we were just <laughs> missing something. <laughs> But you know, we iterate and, and we improve over time, we listen to feedback. So that's that's what we'll be doing with nitro as well,
0: too. Yeah, well that's an opinionated CMS if it doesn't even let you delete stuff that's in it. <laughs> <Yeah>. okay, <Jesus. laughs> you have to pay twenty-five dollars to put a logo in the back end or whatever it was.
1: Uh, so, yeah, that was right. So
0: if we were if we were to brainstorm nitro taglines, you know, maybe it would be nitro colon hit the ground running or nitro colon faster setup, faster development, you know, or something like that. That's kind of like what you're going for is just get up and running quicker and then when it is up and running the actual development will be kind of not in your face so much it'll be a, a faster it won't be as fast as you know valet or something like that because they're just more layers but still it should be faster than doing something in homestead or in docker right yeah i, mean, I think
3: we've already covered the tagline okay the what intro, is it sucks
0: the least it's <laughs> <laughs> Please
2: sell T-shirts.
0: Can you confirm that that's the tagline, Jason? Nitro, it sucks the least. I mean,
2: you know, I, I, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I wish we could have recorded the conversations that we had at uh, or we had uh, when we were coming up with the name. That was probably the most ridiculous conversation I think I've had since working here <laughs> but it was a joy because it was some of the names that came up you know you'll see that and in, in the doc is um you know there might be a, a vin diesel reference in there
0: well and also <laughs> the obvious fifth element references right lilu or whatever multipass? Yeah, multipass.
3: we we didn't want to yeah we spent i i mean naming is it's been said a million times naming is the hardest thing we spent days trying to come up with
2: names for this. do you, you want to know what it was originally called because i'm yes. gonna kick out of this yes do it PHP Dev. PHP Dev.
0: Okay. Yeah. Yep.
2: Wow. I didn't know what to call it, so I just said it's called it PHP Dev. Yeah. Until I think, we I think out Nitro then... is a little bit better. Yeah.
0: <laughs> uh, yeah. So, Jason, you're obviously incredibly good at the DevOps stuff, but we're keeping you as far away from marketing as we possibly can. Yeah, please do. <laughs> please. <laughs> well, that about wraps it up for another episode of the devmode.fm podcast. If you'd like to have every episode delivered to your favorite player, you can subscribe via RSS or find us on iTunes or Google Play. And if you like what we're doing, please review the show on iTunes. It's the best way to help others find the show. You can also find us on Twitter at DevModeFM, and we'd love to hear your thoughts on this episode. Leave us a comment on the DevMode.FM website where we can continue the conversation. For the DevMode.FM podcast, I'm Andrew Welch. I'm Patrick Harrington.
4: I'm Jonathan Melville.
0: And thank you, Jason McAllister, for coming on.
4: Thank you
1: for
2: having me.
0: And thank you, Brad Bell, for coming on. I appreciate it. We're going to get you some uh, juniper pine tea so you can drink it, right?
2: (laughs) Thanks, buddy. All right.
0: who weren't here in the beginning, Brad, was talking about the fact that he moved to Oregon and then Oregon decided they didn't like him and the juniper trees <laughs> <laughs> emit some kind of pollen that tries to kill him every year, right? Oh, <laughs> yeah, that's
3: the worst. I, I did mute all of my s- snot-sucking, so. That's fantastic. <laughs>
0: but we have that part on the air, so now I'm stopping the